When creating an exit strategy, business owners can't just account for the health of their books. They also must consider the health of their brand. Financials say a lot about an organization, but public awareness can mean the difference for a company that sells and a company that sits. I've known the talented PR team at HKA for many years, and I've seen firsthand how marketplace visibility equals marketplace value. If your brand needs a boost, contact the marketing communications experts at HKA by calling 714-426-0444 or visit them online at www.hkamarcom.com. Hi, this is Bill Black from the Exacoach Radio Show. Last year, a business owner friend of mine died suddenly and tragically, and his family was unprepared. In his honor, I'm giving away 1,000 of my ebooks entitled Business Continuity Five Steps to Protect Your Family Free. All you have to do is text the word family to 44222. That's family to 44222. Don't let your family be the victim of an unplanned business. Text family to 44222 for this free information today. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. I'm really pleased to announce our next guest. Uh, she's been with us before. And uh, By the way, you can always go on ExitCoachRadio.com to the audio library and look up guests that have been with us before and listen to their past interviews and learn a little bit more about them. So let me introduce our, our next guest. She is Ricky Victorio with Mosaic Family Business Center. Uh, she is the managing partner. They're located in San Francisco. And Ricky provides coaching and guidance to individuals, families, and organizational teams throughout the succession process. And she and her team help families and business teams work together better and create a platform for, for problem solving and for future success. So we're going to talk today about the next generation, tips on how to bring family members into your business without upsetting your business team or family harmony, a really important issue. So, Ricky, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Bill. How are nice you today? To oh, Good. great, great. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm really happy to have you back on. Last time we talked a little bit uh, in more detail about what you do at the Mosaic Family Business Center, but for those listeners who haven't heard that yet, could you just fill us in a little bit about uh, what the Mosaic Family Business Center is all about? Sure. Um, we're not financial planners. We're not estate planning attorneys. We are coaches, and we're trained in the succession process. So I've been working with family businesses going through the succession process, either onboarding family members, uh, the ongoing challenges that will invariably happen when you mix family and business together, and then offboarding, uh, helping the senior members uh, create that vision of what are they stepping into and having um, a streamlined or uh, a very seamless transition to the next generation. So my job is to be kind of like the, the grease in the machine, the oil between the gears, keeping everything flowing and moving smoothly, people communicating, coaching them individually and as a group so that they can have conversations about dealing with change, expectations, vision, and settling the predictable 
issues that are going to come up when, when you're working together and also being family so that we don't blow up the family in the process. You know, the business is an important asset to the family, but it is a business. And the thing that we really hold in the center is that a family is forever, a family you cannot replace, and so we're really guarding keeping that family unified while we're still strengthening the business and keeping that as, as an asset, unless it's no longer serving the family. Okay, that makes a lot of sense, it, and it is a very delicate issue. And one of the things that we always say is that the key objective is happy Thanksgivings forever, and that kind of conjures up an image <laughs> for a lot of people. You know, if you're not having That's happy right. Thanksgivings because of the family business, you really got to rethink the priorities and, and, and get somebody involved who can help you take care of these issues. And a lot of business issues between family members do come up. So you talked about offboarding or transitioning the senior members out. Is it usually their idea or is it usually the, say, 40 or 45-year-old son or daughter's idea that we need to get mom or dad transitioned out of this business? Actually, you know, usually the business groups I'm working with, and you don't necessarily have to be a family to have these issues. So I also work with professional firms that are going through succession issues, financial planning firms, law firms, CPA firms. They're also currently going through succession issues. We just don't have some of the same knot that the family will tie in. But I even have some law firms and financial planning firm clients who are family. So we have fathers and sons and daughters involved. So the idea of succession comes up ideally and usually in the discussion of strategic planning. As we look to the future over the next 10 years or the next 15 years, what are we looking at? And some of the, when we do a SWOT analysis, when we look at the strengths, weaknesses, threats, and opportunities, you're going to be looking at, well, Dad, you're going to be turning 70 in five years or 10 years. You're 60 now. What is your vision? You know, the, the conversation in coming up of how do we want to grow our next generation is also what's next for the senior generation. So ideally it comes up as a family conversation or a management conversation of we need to have at least, at the very least, a contingency plan. What if something happens or changes? What if at 72 a health condition comes up and you know, mom who's been running the business forever, she doesn't have the same strength or capacity or has an awakening experience that says, you know, there is more to life than just running the business and it's I should be responsible enough to pass it down. So I don't believe in pushing anybody out. And so I have a client whose father, he's 90, he still shows up every day to work because that's all he knows. But he's not running the operation. He's like the cheerleader there. He's he's the, the mascot holding the values and the core of the business. But his daughter and his niece, they're you know, one is CEO and then and the niece is the CFO. They're running the business and they're in their forties. And they love having him there. Everybody loves him being there. So it's recognizing what is each individual's capacity? And my job as a coach is to facilitate the conversation first with the individual on on his or her own. So I have clients, I have one that I've been working with for 18 years and have brought in three of his kids to the business. And I said to him, well, Larry, you know, in five years you're turning 70. What's your thought? And he said, well, I I think I want to retire, but I'm not sure what I'm retiring to. 
So the conversation is, well, let's start thinking about what do you want to do, you know, so you can get excited and making sure that the kids and your managers are positioned and prepared so that you can start doing those things. You brought up a really good point, and that is for most people, it's not that they don't want to leave the business. They probably are tired of the business. It's just that they don't have anything that they can imagine themselves doing. And the other thing is, as you were talking, I was thinking that the big issues are that a major company, big companies have built-in dates and, and ages when they at least start to talk about somebody transitioning out. But in family businesses, you usually don't see that. And it's the very person who started the business and may be coming a hindrance to the business that is defending their position in the business. So it, it can be very touchy. Yeah, it's their first child, basically. And, you know, I am seeing now over a period of, of you know, the 20 years that I've been doing this, there is some generational shifting of awareness. And so I'm starting to work with clients in their 40s to have a backup plan you know, my kids are way too young, but I, this business is growing. It's viable. I need to have a contingency plan. So can we lock in some key managers or have a backup plan in case something happens to me? But a, a lot of my clients are signing on to be doing their succession preparation work, and they're 50. You know, they're in their 50s. It's not that they're old, but they uh, they have a vision of, I also want to do some other things in my life. You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they want to rewire, not retire, right? Correct, and they want to have you know quality time with their families and their spouses, and and uh, their entre their entrepreneurialism doesn't stop. But now they're starting to think about well, I want to start a foundation. I want to do something with education and travel and do something in Haiti or do something meaningful, you know, on a philanthropic way. So I'm I'm seeing that there's less resistance because there's more available and the vitality. Uh, our health overall as as um, a population means we can do a lot more a lot longer, but it doesn't have to be in the office. I think there's an incredible wave of interesting uh, entrepreneurism ahead as the people that started businesses with different needs for systems and people now have technology on their side and they still have the creative ideas. I think it's going to be a very interesting time ahead. So tell us about, mm -hmm. let's talk about the, how do you determine who you should be hiring within the family without creating upset with both your business team and the family? Okay, I think I can probably best uh, describe this using a case history too so I can tell a story. And I love being brought in when a family has a business that they care about and they've got kids who are in high school and college. Maybe they've you know, worked there on their summers in between on school breaks, but the kids are getting ready to step into their careers or start preparing for them. An ideal way to bring family members into a business is well, they grow up with it so that they understand your values and they see your work ethic and they understand why, why this business is important to you. So what I like to do is we set up a family member employment policy. And it doesn't matter what age your kids are. They can be very young and they can also be into their uh, 20s and 30s. But the earlier you start, so kids grow up knowing the employment policy says, if I want to work at this business, I need to have XYZ experience and education and skill sets. If I want to own it or run it, that might be a higher bar that says, well, you're going to need an MBA because the world is different now. You know, To run this business now, it's 
three times the size as when it was mom and dad and we did it in the garage, you know. Um, so recognizing entry requirements to run a business are changing and evolving. So setting a family member employment policy creates a standard that all the kids or all family members understand this is what's required. And that may thin out some family members who don't have an interest in having those skill sets or being in that field of expertise. So that's one qualifier. Um, And then a second thing that is really, really important um, in communicating that is communicating your expectations that When you come to work at the family business, we're not going to create a job for you unless we're doing something like um, an internship, which we would do for other interested college students perhaps. Um, One family that I worked with loved the family interning program so much they opened it up because they were a large enough company for attracting MBAs to come in who were not family members to other areas of the business so they could work in an area for three months or six months and get a real feel for it to see if that was something they wanted to do. But setting up expectations of how do you, as a family member with your name up on the wall, we have a higher standard. We expect you to perform above and beyond how we expect other employees to perform because Mm. you represent the family and the core of this business. And that means how do you treat other employees? You, you know, you need to respect your mentors and uh, listen to your supervisors and managers. You will not go above the head. You know, setting expectations and basically laying out golden rules of saying, we don't expect you to come to, you know, don't come to dad, who's the CEO, if you are a regular employee, you're not even a key manager or a vice president, don't overstep your manager when you have a problem. You know, those kinds of things really help set the tone of respect, process, and fairness. Well, absolutely. It's it's just the whole don't take advantage of your uh, placement as a family member. And that happens all the time. You know, we talk about when a child should start working. Do you think they should work outside the business first and then come to the family business? Or what's your, what's your uh, thoughts about that? Well, I can even use my own daughter as an example because she works for me and... Um, We're having a a great time with this. And she grew up coming in and out of my office when she was in high school, helping with, you know, marketing and putting packets together and getting ready for a Mm -hmm. convention. And then during the summers, she didn't report to me. I had an assistant who worked in my office, and she reported to the assistant. And I would say, you know, talk to Irene. If you've got a problem, don't come to me. And through college, she did the same thing. But once she got out of college, I had her, I said, you need to work for some other people. And get some experience mm-hmm. and see what the world's like. And so she did spend three or four years working in uh, environments that would teach her a lot about how I work, but also gave her some other experiences that she's now bringing back to help me with that I, I couldn't teach her. And it really changed her perspective of, you know, Mom, I really respect the way you run your business. You know, I work for some bad managers. <laughs> I had some bad bosses, and she came back really appreciating the respect, the organization, the the 
communication opportunities she has with me and also appreciating that not everybody has a chance to come into a family business. So, okay. I, you know, all of my clients, we we do that. Great perspective for them to figure out what it's really like to have a job <laughs> without favoritism, yeah, right? Yeah, without mm-hmm. favoritism, where she had where she had bosses that said, you got to be here, and if you're late, I'm going to dock you. Or, I mean, she she worked hourly. She had she went through all of it and really did. Then she doesn't ask for nearly as many favors as she used to. <laughs> so let's talk about that. How how do you hold them accountable then without either being too soft to keep the peace or too hard to and you demotivate them? Because um, each could create a recipe for failure. So how do you hold them accountable? Well, and it depends how uh, large of a group you are. I'm a very small company. You know, it's an, an intimate consulting firm. So we have much more hands-on direct with many of my clients it's a larger company, you know, t- companies with 25 to 100 to 300 people. So with a larger company, I'm going to make a suggestion that is easier to do, which is making mm-hmm. sure that your your child is working for managers that are not you, you know. Right, uh, good point. Mm-hmm. So that that manager can hold them accountable and uh, there's a, uh, a job description with real responsibilities and real thresholds of accountability that can be measured. None of this just shadow the person and watch them. That's not a good job description. Secondly, mm-hmm. is to really make sure that the manager is empowered to, to manage that child and has an open door to come talk to you and say, look, I'm really struggling with this with your son because of these behaviors. How do you want me to handle it? And, you know, if, if my clients would say, well, put them on notice put it in his file. I've had, you know, sometimes kids have had to be fired because they just didn't perform well or their attitude was just horrible or they did something that was against the law or something like that. Right. Oh, so yeah. You, have, you can't be enabling bad behavior. It's, it's destructive to your child's growth as well as to the morale of the company. So if you have a, a specific job description with goals each year, it's easier to hold them accountable. So let's t- let's take it on a smaller level. You could you still might be able to have someone else managing or mentoring or coaching your child. My daughter works with me and clients, but she has a coach and it's mm-hmm. not me. And that's a place for her to work out issues and get herself straight on things without it having to be me. She has weekly, monthly goals. We have check-ins every, well, we check in every day, but we have weekly check-ins. And you need to have that with them. So if it's not you and your child, if you're a larger company, have your manager do it. There are issues that are specific to being a family member in an organization. You can't say, well, I'm not going to give you any special treatment. It's going to be different. The magnifying glass is on your on your son or daughter or on your nephew. If you're a family member, pressures are different. Some of the expectations are higher and some are lower. And I do think it's easier for someone else to manage your kid. It's so mm-hmm. much easier for me to coach someone else's kid. So I get brought in to be that mentor, to be that coach, so that there's a sounding board where I can say, I've got two appointments today with successor sons of different clients and they come in and work with me and they they bring to me well what's on your on your plate this week what challenges are you facing what conversations do you need to be having that you're kind of avoiding you know and where are you succeeding so i'm mentoring and coaching 
these developing successors so that I'm not speaking for them. I'm not advocating for them. I'm teaching them how to speak for themselves and how to advocate for themselves and responsibly in a mature way have the conversations and the interactions they need to have. Ricky, as usual, we cover a lot of ground in your interviews, and it's been fantastic having you on the show again today. How do our listeners get in touch with you, find out more about you? It's pretty easy. You can go to my website, www.mosaicfbc, as in familybusinesscenter.com. We have lots of information up there that's for free that you can download. There's sample documents. You know, I use personality style surveys to really give us a sound understanding of who's in the room and what seats are correct for each person and there's information you can learn about that. And you can you can send me an email at Ricky R I C C I at mosaicfbc.com, and I'd be happy to schedule a a consultation. Well, it's fantastic to talk with you again. It's always interesting, and I look forward to the next time because we're just scratching the surface of family business issues uh, together. And uh, so I look forward to our next time. Thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome, Bill. It was a pleasure. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back after this. So please stay tuned. You're listening to ExitCoachRadio.com, the information station for age 50-plus business owners, where we're interviewing top advisors for their best tips, ideas, and precautions so you can be well-planned. We upload new one-minute tips every day. ExitCoachRadio.com. Come listen for a minute. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio. 